is Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. We've chosen 52 squares at random from the Lincoln A to Z street map. E and And now we have to go to all 52 and make a programme about each and every one. Lincoln A to Z. Each week we'll be setting off on our trusty bikes to find a different grid. Lincoln A to Z. We could find ourselves in a leafy residential area, a bustling city street, or a completely empty field. We'll present our findings every week here on Siren FM as we uncover Lincoln one grid at a time. Lincoln A to Z. 52 grids, two men, one map, no clue. Hello everybody, the Lincoln A to Z team here to pass some time before the end of the day. Now you're you're smart enough to be listening to the East Midlands Station of the Year, Siren FM, which makes you smarter than the average bear. I'm Paul Tyler and the fella over there ruffling through all the picnic baskets he's nabbed the after this afternoon from the Arboretum. Well that's Johnny Hall. Hey Johnny. Hello there. Just uh, just save me a pork pie if you'd be so kind. Now uh, Johnny, let me ask you this. Which grid are we all over like a rash this week? So my name is Simon Hollingworth, I've lived in Lincoln 25 years and I'm the director of the Drill Hall. Okay, right, it's a big one now, don't look, don't look. I'm not looking, I'm not looking. Oh, right, hang on a minute, wait there. I need to go and fetch the one because you know in the middle of a map you've got a grid. Yeah. This brings us to a subgrid. Ah, okay, no problem. Just one other. We have a subgrid scenario. M10. This brings us in more detail. Alright, right, okay, right. Second, right. Second, second, grid. Again, right. second grid, yeah. Okay. D62. Okay. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. DB2. We are Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM, and this is program 34 of 52. We're nearly there. Uh, and uh, we pick randomly selected grids from the Lincoln A to Z map, and we attempt to make a radio show about each and every one. Uh, now, we've already revealed that this week's grid square is DB2. Uh, Johnny, what's inside the grid? Okay, DB2. Uh, we're calling it Bishop's Palace because the medieval Bishop's Palace is in the grid, mm-hmm. uh, as is Lindham Hill, uh, the Usher Gallery, and the brilliantly named Greenstone Stairs. I like the fact it's stairs and not steps. Uh, would you say they were known locally as steps? I, I think most people call them Greenstone Steps, yeah, yeah. but the proper name is Stairs, and I prefer that. Well, I'm going to say Steps then, Greenstone Steps. I, I think I, it might refer to later on, I don't know, we'll find oh, out. Okay. Uh, now, if you know of anything of interest in or any of our other randomly selected grids uh, you can email us lincoln a to z at sirenonline.co.uk you'll find us on facebook and naturally we're on twitter hashtag lincoln a to z and you'll find out all about us and this grid and all our other grids on our glorious website lincoln a to z dot co dot uk time now to find out what happened when Johnny and I visited this grid uh, we're not always the smartest of characters and the time of day we chose to record at db2 was proof of this, if proof were needed. And so to, to DB2, uh, I should say at this point, it's just gone six o'clock in the morning. I work in a factory. I've just come from a night shift, haven't I, Johnny? I've just come from a night shift, so I've been working all the way through the night. Johnny, uh, well, you've been up drinking all night, haven't you? And uh, um, so we're both, uh, both tired. Um, so I, I think that illustrates, really, with the fact that we've come to one of the most scenic beautiful places in this city uh, and it's pitch black and we can't see anything we've elected uh, to come and do uh, probably one of the the juiciest grids uh, something to really get our teeth into and um, I, I certainly can't see the map in front of my face and we are stood next to uh, well that iconic 
landmark, Lincoln Cathedral. I'm trying to illustrate the point here, Johnny, that we're a bit daft, okay? Mm. Um, and our regular listeners, that's not going to be a surprise to. But actually, being here at six in the morning, um, it's, it's quite nice. It's quite a clear sky against the background of, that, of, of, the, of the cathedral. Now, we must bear in mind that the cathedral's not actually in our grid, but we can see it from our grid. And, you know, we've not always uh, let these, uh, these boundaries hold us in. So we're just going to talk a little bit about the cathedral but look at that look at that against that blue sky just about to see it get a sunrise around here i'm sure in the next hour or so uh and you can see it already starting to hit the sky uh and the silhouette of it uh, as as always no matter where you are i mean crikey if you're in boston you can see this thing but if you stood right next to it something you perhaps don't do is t is take a stop and look and walk around look at the light of it and uh, it's it's a very nice place to be no matter what time of day it is. It's, it's a beautiful building. It's a. It's quite an awe-inspiring building. I mean, I think that, that was the idea of it. They they built these places to literally strike the fear of God into people. Um, that something so so you know spectacular could exist. And you know, I mean, we can get a bit complacent nowadays. We live in a world where we've got you know, two hundred story high skyscrapers and all sorts of weird structures and things, built in steel and metal and all and all these kind of modern materials. But years ago, buildings generally weren't more than about two stories high. Um, everything was very kind of small and modest. Windows were very small on buildings, doors were very small. So a building like this would have been in a totally different scale to what anyone was used to. Um, and it would literally have, have been awe-inspiring to people to see a building of this size, of this scale. And then, of course, it, it used to be even taller. It was, as I've uh, mentioned in the past, I think, on one of our Question of Lincolns, it was the tallest building in the world for uh, at least a couple of hundred years. It took over from the pyramids in Giza. So really a... a a spectacular building, a building of worldwide importance. Just taking a turn now, we're heading downhill, which is uh, is quite nice. Although I do know uh, we sort of plan to finish this grid uh, back up at Bishop's Palace, which is very much, I think, what this what this grid is about, and uh, that means we've got to come back back up the hill uh, but uh, yeah I'd, I'd said to Johnny off mic I'd said that I'd never I'd grease stone steps I hear everyone talk about them all the time uh, never been up or down them uh, I lied I'm a big fat liar um, because uh, a friend used to have a relative live around the corner here and we, uh, we used to come down here on our skateboards uh, because before you get to the steps before you get to the cobbles uh, that's uh, uh, quite a fantastic uh, piece of tarmac here um, but now that's, uh, <laughs> that's that's told all the skater boys and kids where to uh, where to come now uh, but living living around this area um, might not be as expensive as you think. Now, let's bear in mind that nobody, and I mean nobody, can afford to buy a house these days. Uh, we're going to go European, everyone's going to rent, and uh, that'll bring the house prices down, and then we'll all be able to afford to buy them again. But that, that, that's a big, big old cycle for that to happen. Um, so if a house ever or a place around here ever comes up to rent, uh, do have a look. I think some of the properties owned by the cathedral, uh, and I mean right near the cathedral, uh, are very affordable. It's something I've looked into in the past and, uh, well, we made a decision and we moved into suburbia instead. And right now, right now, uh, as, as you know, we, we stood in this, uh, I, I don't know, it's a bit early to say, but I think what may well turn out to be my favourite a grid of series four of Lincoln A to Z, and let's face it, it beats North Great well. Um, I, I, I'm wondering whether we made the right decision. <laughs> I think part of the reason that it's so nice around here, aside from the fact that it's just nice, is that it's been really well looked after. 
over the years, unlike some other parts of town, you know, aside from the Lincoln Hotel, which, is that in the grid? I don't think it is, is it? It's just outside our grid. No. Uh, controversially, it's a rather ugly sort of 60s building right in the middle of all this, but by and large, it's been looked after this area. Um, you know, there's... You know what I'm going to say next. There's no PVC windows oh, and doors. No, 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 no. Leave that. Leave that in series three. <laughs> leave it in series three. But you know, there isn't. It's well looked after. The streets are well maintained and looked after. Got nice old uh, paved streets. I mean, round where I live, the, the council have recently been round. And I'm going to mention another one of my bugbears: parking bays. They've been painting parking bays on the footpaths and on the roads around our area and the word for it really is daubing they've been daubing paint <laughs> all over our streets really really poorly done now you just know you just have to look around here when when they have had to paint lines or, or do anything around this area there's a care taken around it i think even the the council workmen have a respect for this area and know that they've got to, they've got to up the game a little bit when they're working around here they've got to make those lines a little bit neater and a bit straighter um and just generally everything is just it's just better looked after isn't it uh, so we've hit hit the steps we're halfway down greystone steps and I'm, I'm pretty happy to say down the one hill in lincoln but it you know we made it worthwhile uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's you can see you can see oh, for miles as always around here. But uh, it's nice to look over a city that's that's just waking up, uh, just sorting itself out. Lindham Road, Lindham Hill, you can hear uh, in the background there. Uh, but we can see certainly as far as the street lights go out, right out North Highcombe Way, uh, and probably beyond. Uh, so there we go. Uh, that was us uh, just narrowly avoiding getting run over. It's always, no matter what time of day you get around the place, and that is, it has to be said, my favourite time of day. Uh, I'm usually up and about at that time of day, and uh, I, I like it. I like uh, walking around with the birds song, Johnny, which, uh, as we know, is one of the favourite sounds of Lincoln, as we've discovered on previous grids. Mm, it's not my favourite time of the day, I have to say. It's... No, no, no. Yeah. Well, you can tell that. But also, it's, it's quite interesting listening back to that, because we were very, very hushed tones, weren't we? We didn't want to be seen to be waking anybody up. Yeah, yeah. Um, because those those windows up there, because they're not PVC, UPVC, the one there, the kind of window <laughs> you love, uh, that would that would have kept the sound out. We could have talked as much as we wanted, but uh, you know they're uh, they're keeping that silly old fashioned stuff going up there, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't there an advert years ago with uh, Ted Malt, the Everest advert, where he's, he's flying around <laughs> in a helicopter outside yeah. a house, and yeah. then you cut to the inside and they can't hear a thing? I, I'm not entirely sure that was accurate, but yeah, we, <laughs> we certainly could have shouted a little more, couldn't we? Yeah, yeah, sure. Now, uh, now the, the cathedral's nice, and we, uh, as we know, and we've talked about quite a lot, Johnny, that we never got the cathedral, uh, but we were stood outside, and we could see it from that grid. Mind yeah, you, to be yeah. honest, most grids we're in, we can see it. You from. can, yeah. Uh, but uh, I, was, I was expecting you to stand there on, on your kind of form and say, well, well, the cathedral cathedral's nice but it's not a victorian house now is it well it's not you know yeah <laughs> but I'd, I'd still live in it if i had the opportunity but it, it is it's, it's as we said very very nice and it kind of makes me slightly ashamed that some of the stuff we build nowadays you know that was there's so much effort gone into that every surface there's work gone into it you look at the rubbish we throw up nowadays yeah true i was listening to an interview with uh, is it kevin mcleod that fellow from grand design oh yes yeah uh, and he was talking about he talked about you know the quality of what of what we build these days and uh, mm. well you know he just didn't, he didn't have the words for it uh, and actually i think maybe what he did say he shouldn't have said on radio so we'll uh, <laughs> uh, we'll avoid <laughs> that. Now, that now the lincoln hotel the lincoln hotel johnny mm. now I, I was uh, i was thinking there that you, you were not keen on it not keen on its appearance maybe and we've we've been over way back in series one we've talked about uh, buildings that people don't like and of course we talked about Rye Vita House and the post office building yeah. uh, I particularly didn't like that one um, the council offices in the centre of town um, 
But the Lincoln Hotel, now we've been inside the Lincoln Hotel and I, I quite like the Lincoln Hotel. I was wondering if I was just being contrary, you know, trying to have a go at you just for the sake of it, to, you know, to say something on the radio. But I don't mm. think that's true. I think I do actually quite like that place. Really? Well, you know, each to their own. I mean, you, you say inside it. And I think that's the thing. A lot of these buildings, these modern buildings, they're quite nice inside. Mm. It's just the outside that's pig ugly. <laughs> you know, I, uh, yeah, I suppose so. But it's, it's standing there, the, it's standing the test of time. It's, it's talking about the 1960s a bit, I think, don't you? Yeah, it's all. I mean, I, I don't hate it, hate it, you know, with a passion the way I hate everything on Tritton Road. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's a tiny bit of effort being made on that. But like, as you say, as you often say, the best thing about being in that is the view from inside it because yeah. you can't see it but you can see the cathedral over the road yeah yeah but you can't afford to stay in there for long drinking can you no 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 yeah. not for long lincoln a to z it's now the part of the program that opens our eyes to the fact that we are nothing without the past as joe hughes from the lincolnshire archives reveals the history of our db2 grid square unlike some of our other grid squares there's a wealth of history in this one and we don't have to dig too deep below the surface to find it the lincoln a to z map unlike the ordnance survey map doesn't show contour lines. Unless you know the city, this area looks as flat as any other. But most of us who've climbed up Greystone steps or crawled behind a lorry at Lindham Hill at this point can confirm the steep slope this grid square sits on. The deep earthworks in the grounds of the Usher Art Gallery emphasise the gradient just here. These are the remains of the dyke of the Roman city defences. Picture a great stone curtain cutting its way from north to south, almost through the centre of this grid square, and you've got the eastern defensive Roman wall. It used to continue straight up through where the cathedral sits until medieval engineers knocked down the old Roman city wall in the middle of the 13th century and filled in the Roman ditch to extend the cathedral eastwards, creating the angel choir. Slash another limestone wall across the middle of this grid square, this time from east to west, and you've got the medieval close wall, through which the gate halfway up Greystone steps was a postern gate or back door. Close wall relates to the wall surrounding the cathedral close, a busy community whose residents and staff had to move from their homes to the cathedral during all times of the night and day. The removal of the Roman wall I mentioned earlier left this community feeling understandably exposed and it felt the need to secure itself further by the construction of an inner wall. Or did it really? Bishop Sutton petitioned Edward I in 1285 who subsequently allowed the cathedral governing body known as the Chapter to build a wall 12 feet high. At the Lincolnshire Archives, we hold many Dean and Chapter documents from this time relating to the construction of the wall, which was eventually allowed to increase in height and could even have turrets and battlements. It also grew in length, too, until it surrounded the whole community in the upper city. Exchequer Gate and Potter Gate Arch are the other remaining gateways into this close, and there are substantial sections of the wall still running its course through private gardens. The whole wall looks like it had a military function with its arrow slits and castellation, rather than protecting a vulnerable religious community. Did the cathedral community ever really feel under serious threat? Or was the construction of the wall an eloquent statement of church power set in stone? Either way, when you remember the enormous material wealth and the spiritual mystery of the medieval church, you maybe appreciate the rather drastic steps they took to maintain them. Another building in this grid square which demonstrates how the medieval church regarded itself is the bishop's palace, the old residence of the Bishop of Lincoln, who was in charge of a massive diocese which once ran from the Humber down to the north bank of the River Thames. There's been a bishop's residence here for nearly a thousand years. The name Palace suggests the residence of a king, and it was definitely fit for King Henry VIII when he came to visit his old mate Thomas Wolsey, who was Bishop of Lincoln at the time. It was to Lincoln that Henry brought his new wife, Catherine Howard, who, unbeknownst to her royal husband and perilously under his nose, entertained young Sir Thomas Culpepper in her private chambers at the bishop's palace. 
With Henry VIII came an unprecedented change in the church's powerful status. It was Wolsey who came to feel awkward about his Episcopal, brilliant word, his Episcopal wealth, as he'd failed to give Henry his longed-for divorce from his first wife, Catherine of Aragon. In an attempt to maintain royal favour, as well as his own head, Wolsey handed over his other great palace, Hampton Court, to Henry, but it was too late. Henry split with the church in Rome and made himself defender of the faith, taking much of the former power of England's bishops with him. Just over a century later, the bishop's palace was ransacked by Cromwell's men and subsequently abandoned, whilst the close war was reinforced at the same time to defend the city, Lincoln being on the frontier between royalist and parliamentarian forces. So between the Romans and roundheads, bishops and builders, kings and cavaliers, the walls, ditches and buildings remaining in this week's grid square describe the constantly shifting power struggles that our city has had to bear witness to over the centuries. Men, eh? Well, quite. Uh, thanks, as always, to uh, our good friend Joe Hughes from the Lincolnshire Archives. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. Find us on Twitter at Lincoln A to Z. It's time for the second part of our visit to the DB2 Grid Square. And here, we're going to attempt to open your mind to culture. So uh, we're just away from the the noise and the relative hustle and bustle of Linden Road. I don't, I, I don't imagine that Linden Road is ever quiet. And uh, here we are, Temple Gardens, which is in front of the uh, front of the Usher Gallery. Now, the Usher Gallery for me is uh, a relatively underused uh, facility, I think, considering uh, the splendour of the building. You know, the the uh, it, it looks rather grand uh, and the lovely gardens you've got here. But I do just get this feeling that it's underused or, or, or not publicised enough. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. And I think you're right about people, uh, Lincoln people, not coming here often enough. I mean, I, I've lived in Lincoln most of my life. I don't think I actually came into the Usher Gallery until I was about 23, 24. Okay, now I assume we're excluding the times that uh, you came and drunk cider on the, on, on the lawn and on, underneath that, that bit over there, you know, when you, when you first started drinking. I assume you did that because most people do. Yeah, oh, of course, yeah, yeah. But actually going inside and ah, looking around uh, didn't happen. I, I just did it one day. I was I was just wandering around town on my own, and I thought, oh, I'll just go in there and have a look. I've never been in there. As a kid, I remember coming past, you know, on, on Lindham Hill and seeing this really quite grand building with these gardens around it and thinking, oh, I wonder what that place is. What? And my mum and dad never brought me to it. Okay. Uh, do, you, do you think maybe uh, the grandeur of it and also the fact that it's a gallery... Mm. could put you off because what do you when you go to a gallery what do you do you do you have to do your hands go behind your back you have to look interested in everything uh, if i go in into the usher gallery which i've done recently i would say only half of the things there have any interest of me whatsoever and if i'm in a room with other people i start to feel conscious of that and certainly if there's a member of staff uh, loitering about because they, I know they might want to start a conversation with me about art or something and uh, that panics me uh, makes me feel I wouldn't say alienated no one's ever made me f made me feel alienated it's my insecurities and, and, and probably daftness uh, that makes me feel that way um, but uh, there needs to I don't know there really needs to be something to overcome this and get common folk like me uh, into buildings like that and say what do you think to that it is a shame that, that a lot of people have this thing about art galleries and i bet there's a, a large proportion of the population would never go into an art gallery people should go in galleries people should come to the usher there's a constant turnover of stuff here there's there's a regular collections of local art and stuff but there's also uh, areas where they're constantly changing the the um the content last time i came in here they had some pottery by grace and perry 
and I, I'm not a huge art fan, I wouldn't say I was, but it is, it's just a nice place to come with like an art gallery, it's a nice um, contemplative place, nice and quiet, you don't even have to look at the art, just have a walk around and have a think about stuff, it's nice. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right, that's right, and, uh, and maybe unless you bring... Uh uh, <laughs> maybe my eldest daughter who comes <laughs> comes along and sees some of the uh, the, the nudie man statues, and uh, and sometimes that can be quite a challenging scenario. And so one thing Johnny and I have struggled with is uh, is not looking like uh, well perhaps burglars or and, and right at the very north uh, of our grid is Vicar's Court. This is given as our our vantage point of the cathedral here, and uh, we're just about to step foot in what I perhaps think is private property uh, but the producer believes not it certainly feels like it anyway I think you're right I, I do think you're right but it certainly feels like we shouldn't be skulking around here at this time on a Saturday morning uh, and of course he was right because this leads us to uh, Lincoln's medieval bishop's palace uh, a complete and utter hidden gem uh this is a place we discovered uh the day after I, the day after i got married actually we found uh, english heritage were having one of their open days where they let you in for free uh, and they let my sort in for a, uh, <laughs> uh, to have a look around and if you've never been to bishop's palace seek it out find it out um don't even worry about going in for free it's worth whatever they're charging on the on, on the door um if you're going to do it perhaps do it in a couple of visits come here yourself first don't don't bring the kids um and You'll be able to then have a look around the place, really appreciate it, look at it, you look at the view, a view that you've never seen over Lincoln. Uh, you'll think you've seen most views. Get in there, have a look at that view. It is really something else. Um, and obviously, come on a nice, clear day. Um, and you'll really enjoy it, you really like it. But then, they, they do make children welcome, although, uh, and they give them a little, a little sheet. Now, if you ever went uh, somewhere like this, maybe with your parents when you were were a child, Johnny, um, I would always wanted to have said no to the little fact sheet or the little quiz you have to do walking around it because I wanted to get out of there as quickly as possible go and have some ice cream and go on the swings um, but uh, my kids and seemingly all other kids in fact this was just me I think love those kinds of things they love searching for things looking out for things getting facts all that kind of stuff I think I was just a very brain dead boy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I think these kind of attractions, and this, this goes back to what we were saying about the, the art gallery really and trying to get people in. Um, these kind of attractions, I think, have got a lot better at uh, engaging with, with children especially, um, and, and probably with adults as well, and, and becoming more open. I mean, this place, you started off by saying it was a hidden gem, and I think it, it really was for a long time. Um, again, living in Lincoln most of my life, I didn't know this was here for a very long time. It's kind of separated from a cathedral by a wall and there's a little gateway in it that you can come down. But if you didn't know this was here, you probably wouldn't find it. What you also wouldn't see are the, the vineyards, which are just slightly to the south of here. They actually make Lincoln wine uh, in this area, just, just to the south of Edward King House and the medieval tower. Well, that sounds like uh, maybe a, a taste test should be uh, should be completed. I, I, I would concur, yeah. Okay. When you say there about children, let's look at the sign out, out the front here. And it's the first time I think I've ever seen it on a tourist attraction. Um, but I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with their viewpoint. It says children should be kept under close control. And I don't actually think they, they mean just here. I think that's just good life advice, uh, not necessarily just what should happen uh, at Lincoln's medieval bishop's palace. Uh, I, I think that should be uh, <laughs> to the law, especially in supermarkets. They should have that sign outside a supermarket, shouldn't they? Children should be kept under close control. Taking the, uh, the path up now, 
up and out of uh, uh, away from Bishop's Palace and uh, I think the surroundings we're in no matter what time of day or night uh, and, and, and we've seen night turning today here I mean I was looking out the you know, gorgeous view against the sunrise coming up uh, and we can just about see South Common sneaking through the uh, the various buildings that are here and although neither of us when well when you got up this morning uh, and when I finished work on the end of my night shift neither of us wanted to do this did we I think we, we were both dying a little bit inside before we got here uh, I feel really really happy that I'm here and uh, uh, and that we chose to do it at this time of day Uh, so what I don't hear on that recording there, uh, Johnny, and I, I, because I really can't remember, um, were you happy? <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is kind of a rhetorical question. Yeah. Well, as you say, it was very early in the morning, and I'm not good at early mornings. It was very dark when we first got there, and gradually got lighter, as, as tends to happen at that time of day, I understand. <laughs> I, I'm led to understand that. Most days uh, evolve like that, yeah. Yeah. I was a lot happier later on, though. After we recorded this, uh, you took me off to a, um, a van <coughs> in the, the oh, car yeah. park of Wix, oh, and yeah. we got uh, egg and sausage baps, and yeah, that, that made up for it very much. I was, I, was, I was pleased I was up at that time of morning to enjoy that. Well, that was nice as well, wasn't mm. it? Lovely. Yeah, you yes. seem to know all these places. You found one of those uh, down on Tritton Road yeah, when we absolutely, went there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know all these. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got a, like a, inside my mind. It's like I've got an internal GPS as to as to where they are. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, lovely. It's always very nice ladies who run them as well. Yeah, maybe uh, our next program uh, should be not a cooking program. It's been done, mm. and it's been done a lot better than we could do it ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly here on 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 Siren with uh, with Charlotte Reed, but. Going around the Greasy Spoon vans. Yeah. A tour that's a of the idea. Greasy Spoon vans. Maybe not a series, just a, a half hour documentary uh, hmm. of you and I uh, dribbling egg down our chins. Um, God, how much weight would we put on doing that? I know, I know. Well, you know, you have to make these sacrifices, don't you? You know, you get those Hollywood film stars that pile on the pounds, don't they? Yeah, or we could do that, and then afterwards I could do the 10K and get it all off again. Well, no, because you'd say you'd do it, and then you wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but that was, it, was, it was nice there. And uh, visiting the gallery, uh, I've been to that uh, Usher Gallery recently as well. Oh, yes, I've been to yeah. see the, the whole Warhol uh, thing that's up there. And, yes. Um, and that did happen, you know. Someone did talk to me. One of the people in the, in the galleries did talk to me. I felt very inferior. Uh, but she pointed out, and actually, this, it, was, it was quite a nice thing. I'm, I'm, you know how cautious I am about speaking to, well anyone apart from you and my wife right? Right, yeah. um, but it, uh, once we'd broken that thing and then she started showing me around some of the furniture that was inside the Usher Gallery and some cabinets and things like that and it, it kind of like that guy that used to know a lot of stuff about furniture on the Antiques Roadshow and you know just, just some really really good knowledge uh, was, was to be had there so of course we're going to encourage everyone uh, to go and flood uh, the Usher Gallery but it's a very it's a very sound heavy grid that isn't it I guess it was, yeah. You've got the bells, you've got the birds. The time of day probably helped with that as well. The traffic noise, of course, that gradually got louder as the, uh, rumble, isn't it? the morning went rumble, on. But yeah, yeah, very nice. Mm. And the wine, of course, we wanted the oh, wine, we really the wanted Lincolnshire the wine, wine uh, yeah. because we know we, 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 we love bringing things in here to taste test them. Uh, but uh, it wasn't to be, was it? No, I tried really hard to find <laughs> some of that. Um, I was told, apparently, that last year it wasn't a good year. The mm. weather wasn't good, and uh, the grapes didn't really come out. Mm. So uh, there isn't a lot of it around at the moment. I'm sure I've seen it before. I've seen it in shops before. Mm. I've never seen you work hard at anything I know. before. Yeah, yeah. I'm desperate to try some of that. Absolutely. Now, uh, talking of sound there, um, the end result, the end result of everything we're doing here, and we do have a purpose, believe it or not, is that we are going to be demonstrating the sound of Lincoln on the sound wall at the collection as well as our Lincoln A to Z exhibition in the Courtyard Gallery uh, for five weeks 
five weeks they've given us uh, from December this year, uh, which we're very looking forward to. Uh, keep your eye on local press for details. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. Uh, now it's time for. Well, certainly our favourite part of the programme, uh, and no one else has ever told us uh, that they enjoy this part of the programme, but we don't care. Uh, it's time for Johnny and I to go head-to-head in A Question of Lincoln. A Question of Lincoln. That's right, uh, the sound of Big Tom telling us that here on Siren 107.3 FM, the East Midlands radio station of the year. It's time for a question of Lincoln now. I think you should go first this week, Johnny. Uh, yeah, if you reckon, OK. Nice, uh, nice easy one for you this week. Super duper. According to the property website, Zoopla, perhaps unsurprisingly... The most expensive house sold in Lincoln since their <laughs> records began in 1995 is Greenstone House on Greenstone Place, right here in our grid. Oh. It sold back in December 2009, mm-hmm. but how much did it sell for? Yeah, well, I was interested in buying this at the time, so I think... Uh, ah, so you yeah, remember this one, yeah, then? Yeah. yeah, So was it A, 1.12 million, <laughs> B, 1.48 million... Okay. Or C, 1.56 million. Your 10 seconds starts now. Okay, great question. Um, I think I was in that area over the weekend and I was uh, looking around those houses. I was thinking, well, maybe even with a lotto when you wouldn't get there. Hmm. Uh, I've no idea, so I'm going to go middle for diddle, 1.48. 1.48. You struck lucky there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Brilliant. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just my... Uh, <laughs> I've watched too much location, location, location. Oh, yeah, channeling Phil and Kirsty, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, OK, right, my question time now. OK. Johnny. Johnny Lee Hall. My question of Lincoln to you. Yesterday, I attended the Lincoln Cycle Grand Prix, a brilliant event, uh, very well organised. Uh, now, Johnny, did the biggest cheer... From the assembled crowd at the finish line. Right. Right. Okay. Now this is factual. Okay. This okay. is not just uh, the witterings of someone who was there yesterday and drank too much coffee. This is mm. factual. Did the biggest cheer from the assembled crowd at the finish line go to A, the winner, mm. B, somebody falling off, <laughs> or C, one of the competitors riding over the finish line with a pint of beer in his hand. Ten seconds, here we go. Oh, I really hope it's the pint of beer one. I'd love to have just seen that. Um, how, how do you know this was... Did you have some sound equipment to ensure this was the, the biggest chair? How no, you know? me and my mate Scott were there, and we, we were the judges of it. Fair enough, OK. Um, well, because I hope it happened, I'm going to go for the guy with the pint of beer. Yes, you're right! Am I, really? Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, he was he'd obviously lost everything, you know, he'd lost the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about four minutes back or something like that, and uh, off, he, off he rode over the finish line with a pint of beer. Huge cheer from the crowd. Never mind the winner. Yeah. Never mind riding 127 miles, uh, averaging 28 miles an hour, going up Michael Gate eight times. Never mind that. Never mind that. What we want to see is you <laughs> riding no-handed over the finish line with a pint of beer. I know, it's fantastic, isn't it? That's spectacular. He didn't spill a drop. Lincoln, A to Z, DB2. Now, me and my mate Ron used to have a saying, if you sit around waiting long enough, something good will happen. 
And it's true. I sat around in the Siren FM production office wondering who to talk to about our DB2 grid uh, when there was a knock at the door by Hannah Agata, who's a young film producer. She was wanting to promote her upcoming project, Curiouser. I got the map out, pointed to the grid and said, have you ever filmed here? She said she had, which is good enough for me. So along with her assistant producer, Sophie White, we went through to Studio 1B and Hannah explained more about the project. Curiouser is a 45-minute pilot episode to a six-part series. Um, we can't guarantee that we'll make the rest of the series, but we want to start shooting um, the pilot episode in August. We're just getting people interested and seeing what people think. Um, obviously, we're appealing to our target audience, um, and hopefully they'll donate to us. OK, so target audience. Because I, I, I always struggle to think of a target audience. People always say to me, you know, who's going to listen to this? Who's going to see this? Anyone, I always say, but that's just, you know, because I'm too lazy to do the research. What's your target audience going to be? Um, we're going to go for 18+, plus because we've got a casino um, that we've got secured in for the pilot episode, and they're saying to us, we want it 18+, plus for whatever reason, for legal reasons. Um, also, the content of the, the content of the show. It's uh, yeah. got quite adult themes, which you wouldn't expect, because it is Alice in Wonderland-based. Um, but... Um, because of the content that we've got in it, it's like quite a dark, creepy version, sort of using the same similar settings and characters, but in a different way, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I, I understand why as well. But I mean, I, I, even even actually for kids, it's, it's still quite a dark story, isn't it? The yeah. Alice in Wonderland story. It's a brilliant story, obviously. You don't need me to tell you that. Uh, but it's it's there's something to it. There's an edge which I, I think kids understand, but also it still grows, it, it goes and it stays we, with adults, doesn't it, that story? I don't know. We think um, we did have a discussion about this when we first started, me and myself and the uh, writer, or the initial writer. We, we, we thought um, that we could actually appeal to the existing Alice in Wonderland fan base. Yeah, and like you say, like, um, because the characters all have a little edge to them, like the Cheshire Cat, for example, is really sinister. Mm. They all lend themselves to being taken that extra mile to become really dark and really creepy and sinister again, yeah. <laughs> yeah now, you both, uh, have you both handed in dissertations now? This is your, your third yeah. year as media students here, yes. so this is it. The big wide world beckons. <laughs> and uh, obviously with that, there's a, a bit of celebration. Uh, congratulations, well <laughs> <Yes>. done. <laughs> um, but, how, but how does that feel now? Because you've reached the end of a road there and a new path and it quite well I wouldn't say luckily but th this is obviously something you can concentrate on um, and it, it's something you're really going to need to get in, in, into gear with now aren't you because you know sooner or later you're going to start paying for stuff as we said to you before it's kind of we've had to hold back a little bit to get final year over and done with so everything's been a bit slow We it has been quite a struggle to put, like fit in mm -hmm. like fully concentrating on this but also fully concentrating on our work so i think now that we've the, finished curiouser in itself is a full-time yeah definitely. like it's demanding mm. because it's even because we haven't got sep a separate team that can do social media and so. that's a question i've asked uh, plenty of times before we used to do a program called the reading room where i'd interview authors and they'd sit where you sit now and i would always ask them about the, the balance between promoting what you do which which is what you sat here doing today uh, but also actually the creativity because while you're sat here talking to me and talking to the talking to the listener you're not creating anything. You're not you're moving the, the, you know, you, well, you are, you are moving it along and you, I suppose you're looking for, uh, to get people involved in funding and that kind of thing. But actually, you need to create something, don't you? You know, yeah. it needs to happen. So it's finding that balance, isn't it? And managing that balance. It's very difficult, especially because we're a relatively small team. Yeah. Finding ways to make sure that, it, like you say, the, the story and the process is still progressing while also trying to get people involved with it is, it's very difficult to strike that balance. Okay, so let's talk about 
location and what you do because obviously this is this is where you know for our project Lincoln A to Z um, I think I've seen you filming in 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 that actual grid and what, what I was what I was talking about is first how do you find a location it, it goes with budget at the minute you're doing everything for free so you can't go and travel down to London say you know and, and do some shoot outside the London Eye or whatever you can't do that so you have to look around you don't you you have to be creative with what you find how is how is Lincoln for that and particularly the grid we're looking at which is uh, sort of around the, the Bishop's Palace area Throughout our three years at university, having to create films, like we've done about six now each, um, we get quite adept at finding locations with what is relatively quite a small town. Yeah. Just trying to find places that will do it for free and you get good at talking to people and sort of saying, could we please maybe do this? Like, just at the end of your hours maybe like I filmed in a bookshop so mm -hmm. and how do people respond to that generally people are really receptive like they're, they're really excited especially the bookshop we filmed in the juice court bookshop last mm -hmm. year they were so lovely about it and they wanted to copy the film afterwards and they were so nice and um, we were we took up a, a fair amount of space in the bookshop and they were just so lovely about it so mm. That's good, that's good. It's, good. it's good for everybody, isn't it? You know, cause yeah. they, they, they get a bit of something they can promote as well. But actually, when you're on location, what's that like? Because when, when Johnny and I go around, we walk around with a microphone in, you know, maybe suburban streets and people, you can see them peering out of their, out of their windows and looking at you. And it's a bit, it's a bit peculiar, you know. It can um, be a bit off-putting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of interest when you're yeah. carrying cameras around and tripods. A lot of people, and, if, you're, if you have cameras and they're waving their arms and you just, no, yeah. stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop, let us do our job. We're here for a reason. Yeah, because yeah, I, I always think it must be quite difficult for actors certainly at, at the level we're at. Yeah, I think they can cope with the cameras, they can cope with the crew, everyone's there on, on a reasonably professional basis, aren't they? Uh, but then Joe Publica in the background. Yeah. Um, to be quite honest, when we first shot the concept, because um, our script is going through a rewrite at the minute, we've decided to change the concept as well, so we're reshooting. But the actors we had on board for that were really good. and uh, They're used to performing in front of groups of people, because they're theatre-based at the theatre trained. As you say, because we're all on quite a similar level, like um, the cast and the crew, like everyone's like clamouring for experience at this point, so everyone's quite willing to get on board and try and do as a professional job as possible, so for, on, on a project like this, which is free and it's all volunteer based, um, everyone wants to do it to get experience so that they can go out into the real world to a place where they have to be professional because they're getting paid and everything and they can say, well, I've done it before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not going to be a case of just writing now as everyone does on their CV. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a good team member. Of course, of course you are. Yeah. Of course you are. But actually, you know, this, this is it, isn't it? Everyone has to, the, the level you're working at, you need to, everyone needs to plug in and do their bit. I, pick on something you said there, Hannah, about the, the changes uh, that you do. So you go through maybe a, a script rewriting and how much is that adapted to, to maybe budget constraints and things like that? And you think, oh, crikey. The, the, the script says that, but actually our bank balance says we can't do that. Uh, you have to be very creative, don't you? Yes. We haven't had um, an issue with that up to now, which is good. Um, our first script, which was written by Peter Richardson, he had like the first first draft. And then he handed a second draft to me at the end of February. And then we kind of we had a bit of a discussion about it, and I just didn't feel it was very adult-based, which was what was appealing you know, our target audience, that's who was appealing to. Mm. So how do you find that? Let me pick up on that, because that's really <laughs> interesting to me, is that he's put his heart and soul into this, he gives it to you, and you say, oh, I need to change that. How, that conversation, is it awkward, do you, or is it okay? Is it professional, um, is it? I didn't find it that awkward, because we're quite... We're quite good friends, so it it wasn't such an issue. Mm -hmm. So I could just say to him, I, I just want you to rewrite the script. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he rewrote it. Um, I, gave, I gave him about a week to rewrite the script. Bless him. <laughs> 45 pages and I had to rewrite. <laughs> um, and then 
I've got two graduates, media production graduates, um, editing and rewriting it as well. The stage you're at at the moment, it seemed like uh, the very beginning, or it seems like you're quite far down the road and you know where you want to be, but actually you've got to rewind a bit. You've got to go back because you're doing like a, a pilot or even a prequel to a pilot. You know, you've got to get people interested uh, and, and, and get some money in the bank as opposed to, to, to create what you need. Um, so what do you need? What do you, what do you need? There's a, a site called Indiegogo, you say? Yeah, we're launching Indiegogo on the... Th- 31st of May. Okay, and that, is that like a, a crowdfunding? Yeah. 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 Okay, so how how do people get involved in that? What 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 do you well, you know, what do you expect from people? Is it is it a small amount Are you expecting for big investors um, or you know, can you anything, go from a pound? Anything from a pound to I don't know, we haven't got a large amount. There's no limit. <laughs> there's no there's not going to be a limit, <laughs> is there? For people's anything. interest. And if people well, can't then. donate, we'll be we'll be very happy if you could just share our stuff. Okay, well, obviously we'll be sharing this, um, and I'm going to commit. I'm going to give you a pound. I will give you a oh, pound. thank you. Uh, so it, it starts <laughs> here. One. It starts here. <laughs> it does. Uh, congratulations. Thank you so much for your time today. Hannah, Sophie, thanks for joining thank us, uh, and all the best. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so there we are. For more information on Curious, I'd visit hannahagata.wordpress.com. And uh, very soon there's going to be links going around to the Indiegogo crowdfunding site via Twitter, uh, and their Twitter account, which is at curiouser. 2014. Now, of course, we're going to be linking all that from our own website, linking A to Z, and especially now, Johnny, that I've financially committed uh, to that. I've, uh, I, if, if I'm chucking a quid in there, this has got to be a success. Well, of course it is, yeah. yeah. Um, so now, what I need to hear from you is, uh, well, Paul, if you've uh, bumped your money up, uh, what are you going to do, Johnny? Come on. Uh, uh, would I get an exact producer credit for this? If I put a quid in. I don't know, maybe for two quid. No, just, just, you know, come on. You don't want your name in lights all the time. Come on. Oh, yeah, OK. No, I'll put a quid in. Yeah. OK, right, Sounds so that's it. We've doubled it. I feel like Chris Evans pushing uh, Wembley Stadium to put Jeff Lynn on that time. Uh, this, is, uh, this is quite something. So there we go. As soon as that site uh, goes live, uh, we're going to be retweeting it. Of course we are. Lincoln, A to Z dot co dot UK. Now, ladies and gents, I'd like to introduce to you a man that's lived in Lincoln for over 30 years, but it still doesn't qualify him to be called local. Not by a long shot. So here's Trevor Davis, a stranger to these parts, with his thoughts on our DB2 grid square. DB2, Bishop's Palace. DB2 must be one of the best squares on the grid. It's got the Usher Gallery, Greystone Stairs, the Red Brick Art College, now part of the University of Lincoln, Potter Gate, loaded with history. It also has the Bishop's Old Palace, I'd like to bet that not many of you have been to the Bishop's Old Palace. Inside, if you shut your eyes, you can feel the life of medieval Lincoln going on around you. The bishop striding up and down, talking matters ecclesiastical with the dean. The cathedral bells loud in your ear. Bustling sound of the kitchen. A servant being scolded. Fire crackling under a large cooking pot. Mutton stew for the household from the smell of it. Smells are something you notice generally. Animals, wood smoke, musty wall hangings. A dog barks. A chair is dragged across the stone floor and someone slumps in it. Eventually, the old palace closes down for the night and all is quiet. Here we go, Trevor Davis. And uh, if you want to find out more uh, of Trevor Davis's work, go to his website, philosopherontap.com. And, of course, Trevor will be back next week uh, with his thoughts on our next grid square. Lincoln, A to Z. Now, thanks to everyone involved in putting the programme together. Thanks to Treff and Joe. Uh, also, Hannah Agata and Sophie White for telling us all about their Curious project. Uh, and always, of course, thanks for you to taking the time to listen. Uh, this has been a Joe Schmo production. 
for Siren FM. That is oh Johnny, I tell you what we haven't done. We haven't looked forward to next week. Where, we we have we only just decided where we're going. Where are we going yeah, next yeah, week? Yeah. We've literally just decided we're going to A ten, Jerusalem, which is the, the west side west side of um a <laughs> <laughs> scanthorpe village so you've got um jerusalem road you've got a bit of the cycle track and the lovely lovely rendering plant super uh, a little production notice for next week johnny don't don't do that west side thing again sorry, sorry.